0: Welcome to the Strong Life Coach Podcast, where we speak life, coach life, write life, and lead life. Today, I'm joined in the podcast studio by Pamela Rosario. Pamela, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Hi, Derek.
0: All right. Well, I'm excited to connect with you and to learn about your journey. I want all of our listeners in podcast land to to know a little bit about you. Pamela Rosario is a trademark and contracts attorney licensed in New York. Her passion is helping black and brown folks protect their ideas, their businesses, and their well-earned money. She believes all business owners owe it to themselves to build and launch their businesses on a solid legal foundation. Pamela, what inspired you to become an attorney?
1: It's funny, uh, when I get this question, I always say that I don't really have you know, a sexy answer. But to me, growing up in a Latino household, it was pretty much ingrained in us, you know, to go on that path to go on a lucrative career, right? And what does that mean? Doctor or lawyer. So ever since I could remember, it was always like, you should be an attorney, you like to argue, you're sassy. And I was like, I don't think it works that way. But okay. um so you know that was kind of always top of mind and going through schooling and college i really couldn't think of anything else um, whether it be because of that influence or just because you know it was the right fit um and i went through it and I did it. And I do appreciate it because I'm very happy where I am now. And I can't really think of another career. Um, But there's no, you know, beautiful story of me watching, I don't know, Law and Order. Just (laughs) Um, It was really upbringing pressure um, to be in that kind of lucrative career. And again, it worked out because I'm very happy. And I think that I'm good at what I do.
0: Yes, you know, you know what's fascinating. You talk about not, not a sexy story, or like, you know, or this idea of, uh, um, as as I'm listening to you, and I'm listening to what your parents' vision, and your parents speaking this this vision and this career over you with this expectation. Um, and again, I I speak to a number of people, especially a number of, a number of of Latina attorneys as well, and um, and it's just a I love the expectation of something more when I hear that that's the kind of parents that they had and and, and there's nothing wrong with the the opposite side you know necessarily the parents who love I talk about my mom she was the epitome of I love you as you are and and she would tell me like if you become a drug dealer you know I'd love you the same you know and and um so she was like like very much she loved autonomy I think it was like kind of a pendulum swing for her going from you know, hardcore uh, parenting to, hey, do whatever you want with your life. I'm not going to tell you what to do. But anyway, um, I love the power and the beauty of your story. It just might have some sexy in it after all.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, it maybe I get it. You know, parents that are not born in this country like you said, you can look at it in a negative light. Maybe they don't want you to, you know, pursue your dreams, but also positively, like they want you to do more, be more, you know, have more than what they had. So um, I think that in the end, it's definitely a positive thing, but your mama sounds so cute.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, she is. She is. Um, now, now let me ask you, when I l- listen to The Attorney Journey, sometimes there's those, those three pivotal moments along the way, whether it's getting into law school or graduating law school or passing the bar, were any one of those especially significant for you in your journey?
1: 1000% passing the bar. I. It's one of the moments when anyone asks me, what's the moment that you're most proud of? And I skip right back being a mom, just kidding. Um, but <laughs> it's, the, um, the amount of hard work that I put into at far exceeds any work that I think I've ever done. You know, you study for it for however many months before the bar. I kind of went into seclusion, didn't speak to anybody. I was like, I'm passing this thing. I'm not taking it again. Mm -hmm. And then you have to wait all these months for the results. And when you open up that email and you see that you, you know, pass, it's the feeling of the elation that I felt was like no other. So
0: Mm -hmm
1: a thousand percent passing the bar but also the process of taking the bar and studying for the bar I'm really proud of how disciplined I was able to be um for those two months or whatever it was before you know I sat for the July exam in New York um it was just I'm very proud of myself for that moment
0: yes I love that and I love hearing people talk about the areas of their life that they're proud of themselves for I think that's one of those things where um you'll have that forever. right? You'll you'll have that moment. You'll have that experience for the rest of your life. You'll be able to look back and remember that experience. Now, given that your parents spoke this vision over you, right? And then you fulfilled the vision. What was, what was their response? What was your family's response to you? Again, whether passing the bar, graduating law school, what was that like for them with you actually fulfilling their vision for you?
1: I mean, forget it. I'm the star of the family. Like, you know, <laughs> I was also one of the older, you know, in your your group of cousins, there's the older ones that kind of chart the path first. Um, so I was one of the first to go to college and all of those things. So to achieve, you know, those two titles, you know, one of my cousins is a doctor. So me and him were like the creme de la creme. I think <laughs> with that though comes our responsibility with speaking to them about like hey there are other careers that are just as lucrative but also just as awesome just as successful um but yeah my mom and and my family are very happy it also brings with it a lot of um asking of legal advice that i don't necessarily know (laughs) you know they think you go to law school and you know all the laws in all the states right all around the world. Um, so it's it's a lot of maneuvering that too. Um, I think sometimes people think that you don't want to help them. And I'm just like, no, I don't know. Traffic court law, I can't get you out <laughs> of this ticket. Right, um, right.
0: Yeah. right. Um, and it, it, it is a fascinating um, perception that if you're not on this side of it, and I, I say I, I'm on this side only because I talk to, again, I'm, I'm at 30 plus interviews in and I have clients that are attorneys. Um, but on this side of it, I, I hear very much like huge delineations like you can't specialize in everything. You only specialize in one thing. And but the perception of people like they don't know that there's all these um, delineations. But it's from one legal arena to another. And what which can make you a powerful re, uh, reference, a referral source for other attorneys. Because anybody who knows you thinks you know it all and they'll come to you and you'll be able to potentially send a lot of referrals to other attorneys if your family or friends are willing to, of course, pay and all of that.
1: Right, that's a whole other thing. Um, I think there's also the concept that they don't understand of transactional versus litigation. I think in the beginning, my dad was like, what do you mean? You're not going to court. Like that's what lawyers do. And it's like, no, I'm on the other side. It's more, you know, paper and dealing with things like that. So it's a lot of explaining and yeah, hoping that you can help them out in some way. I always tell people, if I don't know the answer, I will find the answer for you. I will find someone who can give you the answer, but you may. say,
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's real. That's real. And that's right. Um, Now, how did you decide to focus on business law?
1: So I've actually been an attorney for almost a decade um, doing, you know, working in firms and other companies. Um, But most recently starting my own firm has been less than a year, maybe six months actually. Mm -hmm. Um, And really it was as a direct result of all of the social justice issues that were happening in our country last year. Well, still happening, you know, have been happening. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think I felt kind of helpless at the time. And I was like, you know, I've donated, I've posted, I've had the conversations with friends. Um, but what can I do? What else can I do? I want to do more. Um, and so I was just kind of thinking and I had like an aha moment. I was like, well, you're an attorney. Like, what can you use your degree for um, that will help others, um, not necessarily just to make money? Um, and I started kind of taking stock at what, where's the need out there? Mm-hmm. Um, and I immediately thought, I've started small businesses of my own in the past, and I've learned so much, um, sometimes through trial and error. And throughout the years, I've had, like we just mentioned, friends and family ask, you know, I have this great business idea, but like, how do I start? What do I do? What are the first steps I should take? And, you know, it's almost 10 years of knowledge and answering questions and doing it myself. And I was like, well, duh, you know, I can help anyone, but really my focus is on Black and Brown folks. Um, get those businesses ideas and start on like a really good legal foundation so that you're not backtracking uh, later on and making sure that everything is legit from the beginning. Um, I really believe that activism doesn't just have one face, you know, it's not just being out there protesting, which is amazing course, but it's also, you know, as a person of color, people in the POC community, it's having your own businesses, working for yourself, um, not having to answer to anyone else, making sure that you are being paid your worth. Um, And so that can be a form of activism, just as me starting, you know, this firm is and helping those people who, you know, I'm part of that community. So that's my form of activism. Mm -hmm. Um, So it really came off of that, desire to do more um and kind of take that desire and put it together with my already um kind of skills that i had in the bank and you know it, it just came together really beautifully yes myself.
0: <laughs> i love it i love it you know i relate to um picking that that niche or right or that that target market and i and and i'm going to share my experience in doing that. And I'm going to share my fears. Right. So like my fears, when I'm going to say, I, when I, when I'm going to say and brand myself as a business coach, only working with Latina attorneys, the fears bef- leading up to that were like, uh Oh, like, but, but I have, but I, ha- I have, I have, I have some great white clients as well that are yeah. already in, you know in my system. And then I have other people who, you know, don't fit any of those categories. Like, the fears that I had, which is, are all of my, I mean, again, God honest answer are all of my white clients going to leave me if I begin branding myself as only uh, targeting the uh, Latina attorney community and what, you know, what will happen in this world? You know, like, am I, am I shooting myself in in, in my business foot, if you will, but t- talk, talk, I don't know if you had any similar fears or similar experiences, you know, how was it for you making that choice?
1: Oh, 100% same experience. I mean, I it was a battle in my head, right? You know, I didn't have any clients. I started from scratch, so I didn't have any fears of anyone leaving. But I didn't want to, um, you know, keep anyone out. I didn't want a white person to need me as a service and not feel comfortable coming mm-hmm. for me. Um I just kind of had to let it go. You know, my need to help this specific niche, if you call it, um, was greater and they are in a, of a greater need than, you know, any kind of after effects of that. So, um, you know, as time goes, maybe, you know, I'll open it up, but I think that this group of people needs me more. Um, and i'm not like you know bashing anyone else it's just you know that's who i want to help and also i think from a business perspective it really does help you to have a niche you know jack of all trades master of none right like if you as you want to focus on latina attorneys you know what we want what we're looking for because Mm -hmm. you're surrounded by us right so um what better way to get to know us and to service your clientele than to really just focus on them and not Mm -hmm. be this, like, again, jack of all trades. So I kind of just had to let it go. I was like, this is who I want to help. And, you know, if I lose the potential for future clients, so be it, Um, we'll see how it goes. But the amount of people that I've helped, you know, it's it's helped me get over that.
0: Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes. And I I think to that point of, I was wondering if like, even like my male clients, would they go away, right? Because I'm saying, if I'm saying women, and for me, it was looking at, you know, the social, you know, looking at my Instagram, um, the data, looking at my Facebook business account data, so yeah, um, mostly women, you know, engage, interact with my content. So, okay, but there was, I still, again, I still had men clients, but there's a the same battle of, but in fact, I've seen that fear debunked you know and going in i didn't scare them away um they're still great to me um and uh, you know again but being able to specialize as you mentioned i think there's such a great there's a reason that people say there's riches and niches and and it's very much uh what we're talking about here
1: for sure for sure
0: what is one common challenge you've seen other attorneys face and what do you think is a great solution to that challenge
1: That's a big one for me, I think, just the general distrust of the legal profession, I think, you know, be it movies or shows or however it started or actual, you know, attorneys, there's just like this um, kind of cloud, I think, ha- hanging over attorneys, and I've really experienced that I've experienced it throughout my entire career, but definitely now as a solo, you um, It's just people don't trust lawyers. There are jokes about it, there are memes, you know, where lawyers are liars, all of those things. And I think that um, one way that we can kind of overcome it is by showing up as authentically as possible, you know, kind of what we were saying earlier um in these forums on your own pages when clients start to see that you are a real person you just happen to be in this career it really brings down a lot of like barriers and walls that they may have you know i see it i offer free consultations because i want to be as accessible to everyone as possible um and just talk through whatever it is they have and i'll let them know if i can help them or not Um, but I see it in those consultations you know they start off very serious or apprehensive or um, kind of just curt and then once they you know we get to talking and they see that I'm normal and I make a joke or something you know towards the end we're best friends Um, and I think that that's unfortunate because that distrust what that creates is people not getting access to the help they need right they don't Mm -hmm. want to reach out to attorneys because they don't trust them, they don't know how to find a good one, You know, whatever it may be, that means that all of their issues, their legal issues are kind of, they take a back seat. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it doesn't benefit anyone to have this rep that we have basically.
0: Mm-hmm. Um. You know, I, I, I could totally see two areas um, of what, what you're saying exactly. I, I've heard somebody describe it as a success gap, like, mm-hmm when somebody perce- looks at you and they see you as successful and the way they see themselves, um, one, they could feel threatened. And then um, of course with your expertise um, and then they could wonder if one day what they share with you will somehow be used against them. You know, will it, there be some some form of, again, even if it's a professional abuse or, or, or be taken advantage of in some way. Um, but I love what you're talking about with being accessible because if people or society in general, um, puts you on a pedestal sometimes as you mentioned it's not even a glamorous pedestal you know or it's a pedestal of disdain or whatever phrase you want to call it um but you're i love the, t- the concept of being accessible being down to earth even even you being on a podcast like this i think you know um i know my mom whenever she sees another uh, latina attorney you know and she's like she's she tells me every time i see another one like my mom's celebrating you know because like um, she just she just didn't know um, that they're out there, and, and 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 as my podcast listeners have already heard a number of times, the Latina attorneys make up two percent of the of the attorney population. But again, according to some of the data I was looking at, there's 1.6 million attorneys, which is, means that there's about 26,000 Latina attorneys. But it's just great. It's just great. It, it, it to be accessible as you are joining the podcast. I think it shows other Latina women other um, Latinas coming up, you know, um, other girls coming up that, hey, you are in this space and you're accessible and um, and that's what you're striving to do anyway. So I, I I really love that.
1: And I think that's one of the reasons why it's so awesome and important what you do is because of that kind of gap, right? There's 2% of us. Some people don't even know we exist, right? i never, you know, when I was growing mm-hmm. up, I didn't know any attorneys, let alone a Latina woman attorney. Exactly. So, This exposure, this showcasing that we exist and that we're out there, we're normal, we, you know, it's really, really important to the profession, to our community. And I think on the flip side also for attorneys themselves, I think it's really important to show up authentically so that you kind of have a a better rapport with your clients. I think our profession is known as being very stuffy. And, you know, for good reason. It's very serious. They're very serious matters, but I can be professional and make a joke and I can still be intelligent and all of these things, you know, they exist, they can coexist. I don't have to be a certain way um, in order to be taken seriously. Maybe society has created that right now, but I think that it's up to us to kind of change that perception. And if, you know, in general, if you're more authentic with yourself in your day-to-day and your job and your line of work, you're just happier, right? Like it sounds mm. cliche, but it, it, you know, it benefits you as well to be authentic. It'll benefit your clients. It benefits the profession. So let's just do it.
0: Yes. I, I totally see it. How, um, what, what social media has done where people talked about like, um, you know, celebrity athletes are, are more accessible than ever or celebrities in general, um, actors and actresses are, More accessible than ever but i totally see it in the same concept of uh latin attorneys you know uh, attorneys you're more accessible than ever oh attorneys have hobbies too oh attorneys don't only do paperwork in the office and oh they're not only in court like you know um yes right (laughs) right Right. especially because like when you're driving down the freeway at least in texas you're like are you seeing all of these billboards of the the mean mug right
1: <laughs> personal injury attorneys with like their poses yeah like we're normal
0: yes yes now uh what has been the best way for you to attract new clients to your law firm
1: honestly word of mouth um, not just from you know clients that i had from the beginning um but also friends and family again going back to the authentic conversation I think when people get on consultations with me or they meet me or they've been friends with me, it's really important for them to work with somebody who they feel is real, right? Someone who they feel they can trust, of course, um, and someone who they feel that they can have a conversation with. Mm -hmm. I think another thing that um, some attorneys aren't great at is just speaking to clients without all the legalese and like breaking it down. You know, it has nothing to do with, sounding smart or being intelligent. It's just, you know, they're not lawyers. So they're not used to all this jargon that we maybe just rolls off our tongues. Um, So I think because I can do that, I've, you know, I ask my clients for feedback. And one of the things that I've heard consistently is like, she explains things to me in a way that I can understand. So Mm -hmm. I think that that trickles into them being comfortable, you know, referring other people to me.
0: Mm -hmm. And I've seen you do that with the content i know um one of the things that i, I love seeing you do which is like when you would do like an instagram live mm-hmm. where that means anybody who follows you and shout out let's remind people at, at this moment and we'll remind them again later your your instagram um handle
1: p rosario law
0: p rosario law um but so so podcast listeners uh, if i mean she's she does some live events as well where she's sh- she's making it really easy to understand some complex areas of the law and we just want to make sure we want to um do our part showing gratitude for her showing up to the show by going over there but but i I love i love the answer you gave to this question and the prior question and you're talking about some of the same thing like being accessible um with your consultations or with your instagram live but then when you're accessible not making it complicated uh for the people because somebody could be accessible all day long but if the people are confused. It doesn't really matter how much access they have if they if they leave the conversation confused, but making the content digestible so that they can process it and get it for themselves. I think it makes all the difference.
1: It's huge. And, you know, you, you see it a lot in our community growing up, you know, having to translate stuff for your mom from Spanish to English. It's kind of, it's the same concept. You want people to feel empowered in their own business journey or whatever you know legal issues that they have and the only way that they're going to do that is by understanding it right like I always say like knowledge is your superpower and if I can impart some of that knowledge not you know I'm not giving legal advice out here willy-nilly but Mm. just breaking down concepts and I, I One of the things that I plan to do this year is doing more of those, you know, impromptu live or Q&A things because people have so many questions. And even as attorneys, you think that some things are just, oh, everyone must know that because we know it. And that's not the case, even the simplest of terms or concepts. So people really crave that because there is a big gap, um, like you said earlier, between, you know, like what we know. Um, as a profession and just what the general public knows.
0: Yes. And there's an unquestionable amount of authority that attorneys have in the public eye, especially, I mean, the whole state of New York has said, Pamela Rosario, we are giving you the authority to practice law in our state. And then so when you say something, it just carries more weight. You know, I mean, I can get an endorsement from an attorney or I can get an endorsement from, you know, I don't know, a a sales executive at UPS and again, no offense to the sales executive at UPS, but the endorsement from the attorney is going to carry more weight because you are given authority, even from the whole state or, you know, in some, some context, um, even beyond that, beyond the state. Um, and when you break down something, um, it just carries more weight than the average the average person, you know, in, in their job and in their role.
1: Right. You know, it's our job to learn all these concepts, to put them in play. Um, And I think it should also be our job to explain them to people. I don't know if, you know, maybe lawyers think that like the client's gonna, I don't know, take the information and do this the, th- those things themselves. Maybe they will, but they're going to come back to you when maybe mm-hmm. they don't do any don't do it correctly, right? Because we have these degrees and these licenses for a reason. Um, I use a lot of like doctor examples. Um, they're held kind of to the same regard. You you wouldn't go to a cardiologist if you were having problems with your knee or your brain or things like that. So you go you go to a subject matter expert, you go to a specialist for a reason. Um, and it's their job to try to explain things to you in a way that you can digest.
0: Yes. Yes. Now, what advice would you offer someone just starting their career as an attorney?
1: Um, I think a, a couple of things. One for sure if you decided to, you know, go into this profession and you're an attorney, um, again, it sounds cliched, but try to pick a path, a field um, that you enjoy, right? I think we have such another reputation for being very grumpy and like hating our jobs and hating our lives. Um, And there's just so much out there that you can do that are outside of the traditional paths. You know, if you don't find that you're into, you know, personal injury or business law or immigration tax, all of those kind of General um, practice areas, find something else, you know, in house at um, a tech company or media, things like that. I would definitely think about what it is that you enjoy doing and see what you can, what legal path you can take out of that. Most importantly, though, I would say find a mentor, find a group of attorneys, a mastermind group, just people that you can um, bounce ideas off of. Um, I know for myself, I recently joined um, a Facebook group for trademark attorneys that has been the amount of insight that I see in that group is just so helpful to me. Um, And that's really a testament to other attorneys who have been willing to share, right? I think um, in law school, the competitive air was just so thick and, Um, That's just so prevalent in our profession. So it bleeds into, you know, when we go into the workforce. Um, But there are attorneys out there that are willing to be mentors, that are willing to share insight and share their experiences in certain practice areas. You just have to, you know, find your little group Mm -hmm. or create one, you know, like you're Mm -hmm. starting out, sure, but start a group for whatever niche or business line or service area that you're interested in, and that's also a great way to then network because you can reach out to people that are more senior, like join my group or we want you to speak, you know, on a Zoom or mm-hmm. something. So really, um, networking, but not in like the traditional sense. Um, it's like being part of legal communities of you know like-minded professionals. I would say is really important.
0: Yes, I I, I love that. I love. I mean, you just dropped some some gems. Um, I think you, you talked about this element of, so you give options, right? So there's a mentor. I think about that. Maybe that's the one-on-one you get talked about groups that might be Facebook groups. It might be, well, start your own and then you can bring other subject matter experts on to speak and discuss. Um, I think those are some fascinating ideas and I, I love the, the, the content. Now let me ask you about mentors. Um, this is, this is, I think maybe a touchy subject this, um, but, um, when it comes to being an attorney, and especially in, a, in an industry uh, dominated by the white male, so your, your experience or your, your role, or so if somebody, if you heard the advice, um, find a white male attorney as a mentor. So is, so when you when you when you hear that or, or, or along in your, your so you're 10 years into your attorney career now. So when you when, when you hear me say that perspective, what, what are your thoughts? What thoughts come to you? Uh, what's your perspective on that one?
1: If someone were to tell me you should find a white male mentor, mm-hmm. I would say do not. If you look like me. Right. Um, and it's. Again, the profession is inundated with white males, which it just is what it is. It's nothing against them, but their experience in the legal profession will not mirror your experience, right? As a woman, as a person of color. So, yeah, for sure, they may have, you know, these connections and all of this stuff, but that just means that there's a bunch of other people waiting in line to ask them to be a mentor, right? Find someone who you can relate to who can relate to you in this profession, right? You know, Mm -hmm. I, I've worked for a big firm um, and finding someone, one that looked like me was difficult, but then when I did, you know, she was able to hear my concerns and, you know, kind of the issues that I had coming up, working at a large law firm, being, you know, a person of color, being a woman. Um, I just think that that is very important in a mentor, having, you know, that kind of shared experience. Mm -hmm. So um i would say don't <laughs>
0: yeah, no okay no i i i appreciate and respect the the, the perspective you know um
1: it's not easy don't get me wrong like um, a lot of people don't want to be mentors. Again, there are 2% of us. So like you know, mm-hmm. things out there, um, that's why a great option is to start your own stuff. And I always recommend that to anyone in really any situation you think of something, there's a need out there, just start it, you know, um, mm-hmm. being the head of something, you'll get so much more insight and information, um, maybe than if you were to just join something that someone else created. Um, mm. so yeah. Yeah.
0: Thank you for your perspective. And uh, the next one I have for you is what has helped you establish work-life balance as an attorney?
1: What is that again? I don't, (laughs) I don't, I don't have it to be honest. Um, but I think that, I think when we think of work-life balance, traditionally, we're thinking about, um, you know, making enough time for your family and for yourself and not overworking for me. Uh, kind of the same thing, but because of the pandemic and the situation that we're going right now, we're going through right now, it's just very difficult for those things not to bleed into each other. You know, I have a toddler at home, so um, I don't have a lot of uninterrupted time. So I I just have to take what I can get, you know, whether it be while he's napping or after he goes to sleep at night and I'm up doing things late at night. Um, for me, it's fine because I enjoy what I do, um, which again, is one of the reasons why I think it's so important to try to pick a path that you enjoy um, because the then the late nights or occasional late nights um, won't feel so bad. I mean, they don't, they're not always great. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes I just want to go to sleep, um, but it, it definitely helps you along that journey.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I, I think I, I value the key or candor uh, because I think that's a, was one of the areas that a number of attorneys are, are, they relate to, you know, I think almost any business owner does, especially the early, if you're early in the business owning venture, um, yeah. you, you, ha- you yes, you have the prestige of being the CEO, but you also have the res- the, 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 the responsibility of being the janitor, depending on who you are, right? Yeah. So like in my organizational chart, yeah, I'm the CEO, yeah. but I'm also the janitor. Um, right. I'm the, the key decision maker, but I'm also the landscaper.
1: <laughs> you're so, the website designer. You're the marketing person. Exactly. You're photos, I see them on social media. Those, you know, I'm this, I'm that. You're all of it, which mm-hmm. can feel really empowering sometimes, but sometimes you don't want to be the janitor, you know? Like, <laughs> right, right. It just is what it is
0: right right no I, um i i think there's there's power into sharing about it and so the other attorneys listening and they also know oh, yeah i i feel that and relate to that as well
1: yeah sure. now what is the
0: best advice you received about owning your law firm
1: uh i would say and I, it comes from an attorney who i think is amazing I, who i met through that trademark group um and this is specific to, you know, solo law firm or owners, she kind of just said, you know, create the life that you want. I mean, I think this is definitely transferable to personal life, but in business, if you want to, for example, you want to work three days a week, that's doable. Don't think, don't subscribe to this culture that we always have to be, you know, working five days a week all night, all day. Um, if you want to work three days a week, that's awesome. Just put the systems and the processes and the workflows in place so that you're killing it for those three days. Mm-hmm. And then the two days where you're off doing whatever you want, um, the, your firm or your business crumbles. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, she was like, you can create this life, whatever it is that it looks like for you, whatever balance you want. Um, if you may, um, just, ensure that you do it correctly and don't um subscribe to all these other notions of what your life your business is supposed to look like and I just thought that that was so powerful because before then I was just like oh my god this is going to be so difficult you know being out there on my own I'm gonna have to be working all the time and I am for now because it you know it's so early and I still have to create these processes but to have that um kind of vision yes. has been really helpful because I'm just like, okay, this is what I'm working towards and it's possible and it is doable.
0: Mm-hmm. When I hear you speak, it reminds me of the concept of the your dream life design, right? And I think about every one of us, we have 168 hours in a week. If you're fortunate enough enough to sleep eight hours a night, then you have 112 awake hours in your week yep. and then this idea of how do you want that to especially for the entrepreneurs or what do you want that to look like i know and, and you know my wife knows this about me and, and, and not that i live up to it but this idea of in my wealth world you know it's kind of what i call my dream schedule my wealth world I, I i i work out for two hours a day in real life i really don't <laughs> but but in my dream life i'm like yeah like I, I i have that time and i spend two hours writing right um but like those, those are my dream world. But I love the, the concept of designing your life because you're in a space um as a business owner to be able to do that. And it doesn't mean it's not working hard. Like even you you talked about it. Those three days, those might be 12 hour shifts. Those might be, yeah. you know, um, or they might be 10 hour shifts. But the idea of um not having to uh mold into some kind of a tradition that somebody else made up for you. I, I love the concept.
1: Yeah, there's not one way to do anything, I don't think, you know, and I think that it's very difficult for us to get out of that mindset. But once mm-hmm. you do, you can design, I love that word, your professional life, your personal life, however you want, you know. Um, it's just, it's all, not to sound so, you know, um, woo saw, but it's all at our fingertips, right? We have the resources. Um, available to us, not to say that we have unlimited resources and all the money in the world. But um, I always tell my business owners, like, no, you're not going to get everything that you want in the beginning, you're not going to hire the lawyer and the accountant and get the, you know, super fancy website and all of that stuff in the beginning. But these are goals that you have. And yes. as a team, as humans, it's good to have those goals, right? Because then you're working towards something and you're working towards something that you designed for yourself.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, I love it. I love it. Now, if someone was listening that could do anything to support you and your law firm, what would that be?
1: Uh, I always tell people that if you have a friend, a family member, someone you know that has always wanted to start something, they have this idea. I feel like we all have at least one person, if not five. Um, I have this idea. I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. Send them my way. I can't help everyone in all states, obviously, but I also I also love pointing people in the right direction, right? So um, there's always someone in your life, I think, that has that like great idea just waiting, you know, to jump off, and they just have no idea where to start. So any of those people, send them to me. Again, if I don't have the answer, I will find it or find someone that can help them.
0: I love it. I mean, it's clear. It's specific. Um, thank you for that. Now, uh, similar question, maybe a little bit of a different twist. Yeah. If someone was listening to the episode that can connect you with your perfect referral partner, who would that be? Where would they be? And what do they do?
1: I think for me, it's. Uh, less about maybe like a um another attorney referral, but I like to connect with other businesses that are complementary to mine, like businesses that are also helping entrepreneurs on their journey. Right. I think every entrepreneur or small business should have kind of an arsenal of people in their back pocket, you know, mm-hmm. as they forward so you know whether that be accountants and CPAs a web designer a photographer all of these things that will undoubtedly come into you know my client's life or future client's life Um, I I definitely want to be connected coaches you know all of that that kind of like I I picture an entrepreneur with like a bubble around them with all of these like Mm -hmm. protections where it legal, financial, you know, mental, whatever it is. Um, So complimentary services like that, for sure.
0: Yes, I like it. Complimentary services, perfect referral partners for you. And the last question I have for you is what are your favorite qualities of your favorite people?
1: we're going to bring it on home with the same thing I started with. And it is, you know, authentic people in my personal life. I'm really attracted to, you know, kind of, I feel very comfortable having people that I can go to for advice. And I know that they're going to be honest with me. Um, And, you know, you're not always going to get the answer that you want because they're so truthful. Um, But maybe you'll get the answer that you need, that you Mm. want to hear or that you didn't want to hear, but you needed to hear. Yes. Um, so that's definitely someone who is honest and authentic and always reliable. You want someone that, you know, um, you can count on for sure.
0: Yes. I love those qualities. And, uh, I think even as I listen to you, and again, the, the, the brief interactions I've had with you this far, I think you, you emanate that, right. The authenticity, you'll, you you you'll share your real thought. Um, you'll give that real perspective. Um, and, uh, and I think those qualities again. I I, I, I think th- those are qualities I aspire to embrace as well. Um you
1: have I can tell. You
0: have <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Well, uh Pamela, thank you so much for joining me on the on, on, on the on the Strong Life Coach podcast.
1: Thank you so much. This was an absolute delight.
0: All right. Um, for all of our podcast listeners, I want you to know how to find Pamela. So re- remind them one more time about your instagram handle and any other any other plug on any other platform you you want to put out there
1: so my instagram is p rosario law um you will find all other information there my email my calendar scheduling link um for consultations uh but just in case my website is also pamela law.com
0: all right let's do our part podcast listeners to follow her connect with her and find ways to send business her way and podcast listeners we want to thank you for tuning into this episode this episode is sponsored by strong life scholars whose mission is empowering latinas with law student scholarships undergraduate scholarships community impact guidance professional mentorships and professional skills training thank you once more for tuning in go over to the apple podcast app give us the five-star review remember to subscribe and we'll connect with you on the next episode thank you